it is not by accident that I was saved some 39 years ago in a church by the name of Shallow and Bishop Watts was preaching. I had already planned, I was a messed up teenager and I already had plans to get something high, something, I don't know where it was, for the weekend. But, but, but mama told me I had to go to church because there was a young preacher in town preaching. And I haven't been the same since. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bishop. Thank you so much. If no one else makes it in, you got one going. Amen. I cannot say enough, and I mentioned some of it in my sermon, but I cannot say enough about uh, Bishop Watts and what he means in my life. Uh, because there's no doubt, if God had not placed them in my life, it would be different, and I don't mean for the better. So again, help me celebrate Bishop Watts. And thank God for Lady Watts. Come on, give it up. Come on, stand to your feet and thank God. She has such a warm spirit and such a personality that reflects God. I always like Bishop, but I like him better now. <laughs> after he met Sister Watts, amen. And to their children and family members who gather here today and to the shallow church, it is good to be here, amen. It is good, it is good to be here on this day. It is good to be here. I'm delighted uh, to bring several of our members here uh, with us today. Our audiovisual guy, Brother G, I don't know where he's located, in or out, uh, somewhere around or across there, okay. Brother G, as well as his wife and daughter who have come, if they would just stand. Stand up. Yeah. Amen. And it's good to have my sidekick, Reverend Razor, Emmanuel Razor. I was away a uh, week before last from East End. And so when I accepted this invitation, I started thinking about job security. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, being away twice in three Sundays, that's, that's, that, that's not good. So what I decided to do, I decided to bring four of the church's best members with me. <laughs> Now, if they want those members back, they got to take me. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. They, they have to take me. I only have one pastor's anniversary message. Everywhere I go, I preach it. Yo, yes, I do. I, 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 when I get asked, I already know what I'm going to talk about. 
He said, have you prayed about it? The Lord has already given it to me. I already know. And so when I received the wonderful invitation to be here, because I know any preacher around this country will come, amen, to preach for Bishop Watts. Amen, amen, amen. And so I felt privileged. And so I pulled out my sermon. And right after I read over it, I, I received an email. An email after some nice words that, uh, um, with that being said, we are respectfully asking that you speak with our theme and scripture in mind. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm going to do that today, but the next time I come back, I'm preaching my sermon. <laughs> Amen. Your, your theme, the manifestation of Christ's life, is shown in Bishop's ministry, message, and mission. Allow me to turn to uh, the Word of God as we look at two scriptures with your theme in mind. <laughs> I, I was thinking, Bishop, I said, I must have said in class one day, and some of the students who are members of this church were in class, that I only had one sermon, so they probably told somebody. <laughs> Amen. If you did, I hope, you, I hope you're through with the program. Because you won't make it out of my class this time. Uh, but the book of Jeremiah. And also the gospel according to St. Matthew. But first the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 3. And verse 15. And it reads, then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. And also I would like to look at the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 8 verses 23 through 27. And then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Eternal God, we thank you for this day. We bless you in this place. We ask your God to use us. Speak in the way you desire. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence. I want to 
title this sermon, Three Men. Three Men. I know it's not Men's Day. I got you. But you remember you did change my sermon, so. <laughs> Three men. The first man I want to talk about is the man who goes by the name Jeremiah, from whose book you have gathered your scripture. The thing that makes Jeremiah so unique is not his lineage. But the thing that makes him unique is because of what has been embedded in his spirit. God has placed within him the gift of prophecy so that he's able to foretell and foretell. He's able to preach with a dynamic message to inspire the people as he foretells, foretells to say that God says, I know the plan. I got one right now for you. But it is also to foretell in the sense that I will give you shepherds according to my own heart. That's the first man I'm going to lift up, man by the name of Jeremiah. The second man I want to lift up is a man by the name of Jesus. You know him, don't you? Uh, Big Mama said he's my battle axe. We out of no way. She said, the only one I can know can take a crooked stick and hit a straight lick. He's that kind of a savior. He came on the scene in such a powerful way that the worship leader in Mass Choir of Heaven came to sing his praises. Glory to God in the highest. He stood up in church and proclaimed, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. The second man is his name Jesus. But there's a third man I want to lift up. And he goes by the title and the name Bishop Benjamin Watts. Some know him as leader. Some know him as bishop. Some know him as administrator and scholar. His children know him as father. And one knows him as caramel macchiato with extra whipped cream on top. Keep me with the praying crowd. Come on back, come on back, come on back, come on back. It is this third one. It is this third one that I want to lift up in light of the other two. This third one, Bishop Watts, that I want to lift up in light of the other two. And the first thing that I want to suggest to you is like Jesus, like Jesus and Jeremiah, Bishop is on a mission. And now, I haven't been around in your meetings. I don't know how you have defined the term mission, but I don't have to know because this is my sermon. And I get to define the way I want to. And when you're up, then you get to define it the way you want to. But I am defining mission as God calling you to something. You have the desire to do it, and you are in the process of getting it done. I mean... 
you have focus. You're not just out aiming at nothing because you do know you hit it every time. But rather, God has so called you, has placed something within you, and that something God has placed within you, you are not actively doing it. But anytime God places you on a mission, there are at least three things you need to keep in mind. The first thing you need to keep in mind is possession. Because Jeremiah says, I will give. Now, I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how generous you want to be. But you can't give anything that you don't own. Come here, pray with me. So when the Lord suggests to Jeremiah, I will give, the Lord says the ownership is still mine. Maybe you'll call him your bishop, you'll call him your pastor, but never think you own him. Help me somebody in here. Because the word says, I will give. God keeps the ownership. So mission, first of all, suggests possession. But not only does it suggest possession, it also suggests placement. And he says, I will give you. Help me somebody in here. I met Bishop in Alabama. Thank God for Alabama. I met Bishop in Alabama, and God has sent him to other places to minister to other people. But even before time got started, God had already written in the divine plan where he would place him. I know we use the language, and it is proper to use the language that we call preachers, and we do. But if you got a calling and not a placement, oh, help me somebody in here. You might be in trouble, but anytime God has the ownership, God says, I will give you, which means God says, not only do I own him, but I placed him. While he's on the mission, you don't own him. I own him and I placed him on the issue. Mission suggests possession. It suggests placement, but finally it suggests personality. I will give you pastors after my own heart. And how many of you know when you deal with the personality of God, you deal with the Holy God? Mm. Th those of us who call Bishop friend have always known, and one deacon spoke about this in the office, has always known one thing about Bishop. And that is Bishop believes in holy living. Oh, don't, don't, don't y'all go quiet on me. Bishop believes in holy living. And I remember when we were in college. And we, mm -hmm. and Bishop said, you know, where you guys going tonight? We, we didn't want to tell Bishop. Because Bishop was holy. Well, what does that say about me? We ain't talking about me, we're talking about Bishop. <laughs> but that's been a trait that's always been with him. If you are into some junk, if you are trying to do something that's not like God, no need of you calling Bishop. I cannot tell you, I'm not confessing because it's my own personal business, but I, I cannot tell you how many times when I was in trouble that I could call Bishop because I recognized that Bishop was living a holy life. I had some other friends who were friends, but I decided not to call them. Because trouble can't help trouble. And I can do bad, 
all by myself. But like Jesus and Jeremiah, Bishop is on a, on a mission. God has possessed his ownership and has placed him in shallow to demonstrate a holy lifestyle. But not only like Jesus and Jeremiah's bishop on a mission, but like Jesus and Jeremiah, Bishop Watts is engaged in ministry. And we often define ministry as when you see a need, you meet the need. But anytime also you are engaged in ministry, there are three things you will experience. And they are right here in the text. It is not simply the text in Matthew, but it's that which surrounds the text. And before you get to the passage where Jesus is dealing with the disciples on the, on the boat where the storm comes, the first thing they experience is some success because there's the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. But anytime you have success, don't get too far ahead of yourself because the next thing we see is a storm. But then don't go crazy in the storm because there's another thing to keep in mind the schedule. Let me back up and see if I can rehearse that a little while longer. You see, I'm sure you could stand up today and tell how many moments of success you have had in this church. How much growth you've had in this church. Oh, don't act like you always had it. <laughs> Help me, somebody. I'm sure as the person who testified, who led in altar prayer, who talked about how Bishop, the impact that Bishop had on her life, ministry has some success. But in the midst of ministry having success, ministry also has storms. And the storms wouldn't be so bad if the people who were the most negative didn't talk the loudest. Because I don't know about Shiloh, I have some blessed members. I love my members, but I can't understand when a person sits in a meeting and you know somebody's wrong and you don't open your mouth and say something to them. But in the midst of this storm, you can't get overwhelmed because there is still a schedule to follow. Because after you get out of the storm, two demons come up to meet Jesus. So as you go through your ministry, understand there will be success. There will be storms, but there will be a schedule. And what the schedule suggests, don't get overwhelmed with the success. Don't be overcome by the storm, but know there is more ministry to be done. I... Uh, I, 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 was, I was born in, yeah, I was born in Beatrice, Alabama. Yeah. When I got to college, I called it Beatrice. <laughs> but I was born in Beatrice, and, and my mother would often send me to the store. And as she would send me to the store, after you left our house and you walked across the little field, the Wiggins had dogs, bad dogs. You had to almost sneak by the house. And so I would be excited because mama would send me to the store and she would say, the few cents that are left over, you can buy you some cookies. You know, at that time, uh, a penny per cookie. 
No, 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 nothing was sanitary. The man just reached his hand just right in the bucket and pulled out a few cookies and just gave them to you. you <laughs> but I always understood that after I got by the dogs, I would be at peace. But mama would often tell me, you went to Mr. Robert Adams' store, but now I need you to go over to Mr. Lindsay Finkley's store. And what I wanted to tell her mama, but those dogs are up there. And what mama wanted to say to me, you had success when you went the first time. Don't be so overcome by the dogs that represent the storm that you can't continue what God has called you to do. Like Jesus and Jeremiah, Bishop is engaged in ministry. But thirdly, let me suggest to you that like Jesus and Jeremiah, the bishop has a message. Oh, he has a message. I've been snooping around. I've been asking questions. Yeah, I've been nosy. That's what church folk do, right? Anytime we want to gossip, we say, well, you know, I'm not talking about anybody. And anytime we want to be nosy, you know, I'm just trying to clarify. So, so I've been looking around. I've been, I've been searching. I've been trying to clarify to see what was going on. And I've discovered the bishop has been up here with his message talking about before the manifestation. He's been talking about all because of Jesus. He's been talking about I need more. He's been talking about I, here I am. He's been talking about stop the shame. He's been talking about be fearless in your approach. And I'm sure if I would pass the mic, somebody could testify. I came in and wanted to give up, but after I heard the bishop declare the word of God, I strengthened my shoulders. I lift up my head and I had my focus. I, I'm sure someone could come in and say I was sick and wounded in my body. I didn't know what would happen, but I heard bishop share the word of God. And it was something about the word that moved me and motivated me and lifted me and gave me the determination nation and run on and see what the end will be. Oh, I want to holler in here. Like Jesus and like Jeremiah, God has sent him on a mission. He has a ministry and a message. But I've added one more. And I'm going to say this one, holler one time and take my seat. And the first and fourth one I want to suggest to you is like Jesus and Jeremiah. Bishop is a man. I'm not trying to be sexist or homophobic. He's a man. And beyond the title, he's a man. Because he bears characteristics of other men in the Bible. Like Adam, he's an original. Can't nobody say it like Bishop. Like Noah, he obeys God and saves his family. Like Moses, he's a liberator. Like Abraham, he goes out by faith, seeking a place that only God can make. 
like Daniel, he prays. But one more and I take my seat. But like Jesus, you can kill him on Friday. But come on back to Shallow on Sunday. Do I have a witness? And he's a testimony that whatever gets you on Friday, whatever knocks you down on the weekend, if you make it back to the house of the Lord, Bishop will be standing right here. He will be telling you for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace is upon him. Is there anybody here that thanks that thank God for the bishop? Is there anybody here that you know bishop has blessed your life? Is there anybody here that God has used the bishop to speak in your life? I said I want to holler one time before I take my seat, but anybody who knows me when I preach, I don't like to holler by myself. But I don't want anybody just hollering with me. If God has not done anything for you, don't say anything. If God has never made a way, don't say anything. If God has never paid a bill, don't wave your hand. But if you know that you know that it was nobody but the Lord that brought you through, can you say yeah? Yeah! Oh, yeah! Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it?